Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass. So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Well, hello and welcome along to another VMTV Rugby Pod. It's great to be back. And Alan, only one place to start. Plenty of Munster contracts signed this week and last week. One of them, R.G. Snyman, the biggest name going in the Munster jersey. You've quoted as calling him a legend, Quinny. I thought legends for clubs were 200 cap men and a couple of Heineken Cup winner men. What do you make it all, Alan? Great news for well, Munster? You can still be called a legend and uh, it can be... It can be uh, interpreted in different ways i think um i just you know when you say to your mates you're a legend for something you maybe not mean that uh in in you mean it in a different context i mean what i meant and and people you know i put a tweet up and just saying um that was brilliant loyalty for him he could have easily he could have easily went and and he had plenty of offers people came back replying it's too many to reply to but um saying that um he didn't have any offers and uh it was he had to take the offer for monster that's that's not the case he could easily went to japan he's still a, a a very young man um i know there would be a risk in signing him but um you could easily put stuff uh, clauses in a contract that would um you know protect you around that so he could have easily have left and i just think it's a sign of his character and 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 the type of person he is that he wants to give something back now, one person replied to me saying that um, it's Munster that have shown the loyalty. Of course, of course, they've shown the loyalty. But um, it's incredibly exciting to think what this what this guy, where this guy could get to and how, how good he, we know how good he is and the type of impact he could make. So um, he's been, had just such an unlucky time with injury. And um, I think everyone in World Rugby would love to see um him get back because we don't like to see players get injured and particularly bad injuries like that. So, um, yeah, maybe legend is taking a little bit too far, but um, I just think it's a sign of the guy and uh, it's really good news for Munster. Yeah, Matt, um, Munster, obviously, re-signing Snyman, Zebo are also Carberry, Chris Farrell. It's a great sign for the province, isn't it? It, it is. And I... I find myself in a very strange position of defending Munster, <laughs> which uh, because I think they've done much better than than everyone realises because or acknowledges because they're always at the moment to Leinster, who are one of the best in the world. Munster haven't had disastrous seasons; they just haven't won major trophies, but they've been there or thereabouts. And I, I think while the the larger rugby community might be voicing you know, disappointment in Munster. I think within the team, they know 
they've got a good, a very good playing group. The way they play, you can see they're very loyal to each other and they believe in their coach and they believe in the cause that they're playing for. So, and, and they're, they're obviously enjoying that. So why would you leave? And the, that, they're just words for me. But when people sign contracts, that's actions. So the players are backing that up with, with their actions, with committing their, their playing careers uh, for 24 months or 36 months back to the, to the province. So I, I think it tells you that things within Munster are, are a much happier place and a much more positive place than perhaps some of the people on the outside are painting. Yeah, Quinny, do you agree with Matt there? You know, we obviously have the Van Grand situation going to Bath and Larkham leaving a number of other people, but the players are staying on, as Matt says. Um, yeah, look, it's never as bad sometimes as in any situation. Um, professional sport is is ruthless, you know. Matt will notice as a coach, you know, you win three or four games and the bounce, everybody starts talking you up and how good you have. You, you, the whole situation is, and then you, um, you get a, a bit of an awakening and and start losing a couple of games, and it's an absolute disaster. So, it's always somewhere in the middle. Um, and the nature of of these environments is there is pressure, there is expectation, and you know, based on what we'd seen um, against Cast and particularly against Connacht, I think that brought a, a fair bit of pressure. And you know, Matt, Matt is talking about, um, you know. The, there's been lots of positives in the last number of years, for sure. But I just think the one thing, and I've said this before, it's probably the manner in some of the defeats. We want to just see Munster play a little bit more rugby. And if they lose a game, that it's uh, it's not trying to contain the opposition, that it's actually having a crack. Um, because I think the players are, there's some really good players there. There's some exciting young players. And if you look at the 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 Scarlet's performance with a lot of young players, inexperienced guys and, and Wasps, um, a little bit more freedom, a little bit less structured. And every team needs a structure. That's the nature of the game. When you play at the top level, you mess around your own 22 or in your own half, you can be really punished. You can be turned over. The opposition can kick penalty. So you have to kick. You have to play a territory. Everybody does that. But I just think it was a very lame performance in Connacht and the pressure heaped on. And... Um, that's just the nature of, of, of being in Munster, you know, that, um, so there's been a lot of good news since, um, I think winning against Ulster with 14 men, um, even though there was still flaws in the performance, it wasn't perfect. I think they showed a lot of passion, energy, um, a bit more accuracy in what they were trying to do. They passed the ball and moved it a little bit more. Do they need to be a bit more ruthless when they get into the attacking zones? Yes, of course, but um, and maybe a little bit of leadership and control at times. Uh, Munster were always renowned for being able to control tempo of games, and and you know there's a lot of good players there. That um, and it's good news that a lot of these young players have signed, and and you know so it's not all bad, but it's not all perfect either. There is issues, and they need to get better. And moving on to. Heineken Champions Cup this weekend. If we have a quick look at round two, the way those five games, Matt, are cancelled two points each, I suppose they had to do something. Is that what you would have done, Matt? It's a very, very difficult situation, isn't it, Stu? Uh, I'll, I'll take it back 20 years. Um, when I was coaching Leicester, we went to Newcastle, and Newcastle was frozen out. And they made Leicester go back to Dublin then fly to Leeds 
on a Tuesday and play the game in Leeds because it was a hooted pitch. And then we had to fly on to play Toulouse in Toulouse. So we, we were forced to play two games in four days. And we got we, we got pounded in Toulouse and ended up with a quarterfinal away to Leicester, which was disastrous. So I think the competition has come a long way uh, since then. But I, I have to say, I think Leinster have been dealt very, very unfairly. Uh, that They didn't get the equivalence of a draw, but they were given zero points and uh, Montpellier were given the 28 away. Uh, so for a bonus point win. And I, thought, I think that was really unfair and very, very unjust. Uh, and I think the Leinster boys, Leo Cullen, as he always is, is very reserved and, and conducted himself in a very um, sportsman-like manner. I would have been screaming from the rooftops, <laughs> calling them names, because I think Leinster have been very hard done by. In this world of COVID, the, two, the, the draw is, is the way to absolutely there's justice there. It's not what we want. Everyone wants the game to play. But Leinster had a turn to go, and I, I really do feel that that's unjust. And, look, that's put their season at grave risk. There's no two ways about that. We don't know where they'll end up. But um, I've been watching Montpellier a bit, and I felt Leinster were going to uh, beat them quite easily, especially after we saw what they did to Bath at home. I thought they certainly had the better of Montpellier. And uh, we'll know a little bit more about that as we go along this, this weekend. But, but justice has to be evenly distributed. And I certainly don't believe that it has been done so far. Quinny, do you agree with what Matt's saying there? Um, I don't entirely agree with it. Um, and I usually agree with a lot of Matt, what Matt says, but I just think that the problem was, and look, there's no point in digging up all, all ground here. Um, I think Leinster... Montpellier that week had had COVID positives on Monday, didn't have them on Tuesday or Wednesday. Leinster had them on Wednesday, and then subsequently it escalated. So there's something we don't know about what went on here. Um, they were given clearance from the HSC, but what I, what I can hear from that, it was a letter that was pretty standard. Restrictions weren't, there wasn't many restrictions in here at that time. It was the start kind of the, of the Omicron situation there was a bit of panic and uh, around that but um i don't know i think it's it's obviously when when the the travel but the french france uk travel ban came in i think that changed it completely and it it did add some argument to say well look on the balance here maybe these should be draws as well so i'm not saying they shouldn't have been draws but i just think the problem that leinster had is they had those results on a Wednesday. The game was supposed to be Friday. And subsequently, you know, that group of players who they named to go to France, um, well, they couldn't go down and fulfill a fixture, the fixture against Munster. So they had more COVID after that. So did that justify EPR's, EPCR's decision? Probably, in their eyes, it did. I'm not saying it's entirely fair. And I do feel for the integrity of the competition, maybe it should have been. I'm really glad that they didn't just scrap rounds three and four and go to a kind of a knockout situation like they did last year. Um, but of course, there's an argument to say it's unfair, but I think, you know, Leinster had issues with COVID and subsequently from that day on, and if they actually went to France with that group, well then, because a number of those players who were in that 23 actually had got COVID pretty much straight after that. So 
Um, it's a very complex one. It's a very complex one. But of course, I'd have loved to have seen his draws in, in all of them. And I just think Leinster need to, unless they go to the European Court Sport of Arbitration, is that what you call it, and take it further, I think they just need to bend the talk on this now, get five points against Montpellier on Sunday. If they turn up, and if they, because they've had COVID this week, and, um, you know, get five points in their last game as well, and get to 15 points, and, you know, it's not going to be ideal. It mightn't give them a home quarterfinal or home semifinal. It makes it a, a little bit more difficult. So, look, it's a tough situation for them. Yeah, Matt, if we bring it back to on the pitch, Leicester obviously have to win on Sunday to say the obvious. Uh, I think earlier you referenced they will be too strong, you think, for Montpellier, yeah? I, I do, um, Stu. Uh, the only problem or a great problem Leicester face is uh, they haven't played a game since they played Bath in Dublin. Also, was that the 11th of December? Is that right? I, I, we were at that game and... Um, you know, they were magnificent that day. They played some superb rugby. They were in third gear and Bath were exceptionally ordinary. Now, uh, any any French team uh, in, in France is different, but obviously coming, you know, when, when it's in Dublin, you've got to be saying here that Leinster, to me, along with Toulouse, are the top, top side of the tournament, in my opinion. Now, people might say I'm biased. I try not to be. I try to be very even. But it's going to look, if we come back to Alan's point, Leinster are desperate because if we remember last year, they got a quarterfinal away in a COVID-affected year to Exeter at Sandy Park and they were quite magnificent. Then they had to stay on the road and go uh, across to Ronan Agara's team in La Rochelle on the road and they just couldn't sustain it. Home fixtures in the, in the playoff stages are absolutely essential. You might be able to do one. But gee whiz, it's hard at, in, when you get to semis to, to do a away quarter and an away semi and come out of that successful. It's a very, very, very tough order. So let's 100% into a four-try bonus point. And I, I believe that uh, they've got that within them. And they, they're going to be nice and steaming. They're going to be angry. And that's 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 what I like. Well, I think that's when they're, they're at their best when they... They're angry. Look, we, we saw what they did to Connor, um, you know, a, a week after they, they'd had a defeat. They, they don't, uh, to, they'd lost to Ulster. They don't like that. And I, I think they'll, they'll come out and they'll be enough. And I hope they do. For the, and again, if I come to Alan's point, it's the integrity of the competition. You know, we don't want officials in boardrooms uh, in a COVID-affected year deciding who's going to win this competition. We want we want the boys on the park to decide. So I certainly hope that they get enough points that wipes out that decision and puts them in a gives them an equal shot to what is equivalent to their talent and performances. Yeah, I'm picking up from Matt there. It looks like Johnny Sexton is back. Robbie Henshaw named Riders Player of the Year. These players will want to get back firing and they you think they'll be too good, do you? Yeah, I think there'll be a massive reaction. Um, look, they're they're one of the favourites to win the competition. It's um, I think they're they're a team that can cope with um, you know being away in a quarterfinal, semi-final. I think they'll have learned from last year. Um, as Matt said, the performance in Exeter was incredible. Um, 
probably for 40, 50 minutes in, in La Rochelle, it was all good as well. And it just changed in that second half. But um, it is much easier to be at home. That's the reality of it. But I just think that um, they've too much in the tank. And I think um, it just depends where Montpellier are at. And we say this a lot, you know, what, 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 what they're taught is here, can they qualify? Um, what they're... What their focus is that you know they obviously have um a very very good side uh huge depth and it's about the mentality you know leinster have handled them pretty easily on, on, on a couple of occasions before so um i think leinster will be much too strong the only issue is maybe a bit of match practice like Mont montpellier's game was called off against toulouse last weekend and it just depends what kind of a squad they have so we don't know that yet it's kind of speculating but I just think it's bonus point territory for Leinster and they'll have a desperation and a real drive to, to, to really go for this match. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Hey, it's Danny Pellegrino from Everything Iconic. Ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget? Check out Quince. They've got all the good stuff, shirts and polos, activewear and fine leather goods, all at 50 to 80% less than other high-end brands. And the best part? They're all about safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get that luxury vibe without the luxury price tag. Hit up quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. That's quince.com slash upgrade. Yeah, great stuff. And Matt, uh, moving on to Monster for tomorrow night against Cast. Monster, two from two in the competition. But um, Cast don't lose too many at home. I know they lost to Harlequins already in the competition, but they don't lose that many, do they? No, they don't. Cast has been an interesting side this year. They've probably at the beginning of the season. I thought, you know, it'd be a very tough year for them um, as far as the top fourteen goes. And they, they've actually played some really um, positive rugby, and they've certainly shown uh, courage. And they've shown commitment to the cause, which you can't always say every French team does. I, I'm not so certain, following on what Alan said, I'm not so certain they're a team that's committed to Europe uh, this year. I think they're, trying, they're committed to seeing where they can go in the top 14, but they mightn't chase, as Confucius say, men who chase two rabbits end up with none. I think they're on the one rabbit, and that rabbit's top 14. But I'll guarantee you this about Castell. They don't like anyone beating them at home. And they've, they've played really well in their home patch. Now, Munster will remember with great pain that they lost there a while ago. I think it was by a single point or more than two points. And they'll, they'll have learned a lot from that. I think Coach Van Graham, you know, that loss really hurt him a few years ago. So I, I, I'm pretty certain Munster will come out fighting. But I think it's going to be a really close battle. I think it's going to be a really, really close battle. I... I I wouldn't tip against either side. My heart says Munster, but Munster will have to turn up and play really positive rugby. 
they can't come out half-hearted um, at that stadium in Cast because there won't be enough. They'll have to be at a, at a very high quality. Or Cast who want to play and perform for their people who will turn up um, will will do that. So I think it's it's Munster's lose to put it the best way. If Munster turn up, I think they'll win. So Quinny Simon Zebo cleared to play, which is great for Munster. Peter O'Mahony looks to be back fit, and John Klein. These are big, big players for Munster, aren't they? Heading into cast. Yeah, they're really important. I think there's obviously um, a fair bit of debate about um, the Simon Z- Zebo getting that red card uh, rescinded, um, but he's available from now. I think uh, there was different camera angles, is what I'm hearing, and. Uh, Maybe Jack Crowley was the one who who made more contact. But look, it is what it is. Um, having Keith Earls, Connor Murray, uh, John Klein back training with him this week, and Peter O'Mahony, I think it's it's huge from uh, Matt said it. Going to um, you know, going to to cast is going to be it's going to be very physical. They don't like losing at home. They've they've won all their league games there this year. The Quins did unsettle them and um, causing problems and, and beat them there. So um, we saw what they brought to Thoman Park, I think. Gordon Paletta, if he's playing, will kick a lot. Uh, Rory Cockett doesn't seem to like Munster too much. He's always pretty niggly against them. Um, so it's going to be a very physical encounter, encounter. And I think Munster have to be brave. But having senior players like that back, I think it will be really important for them um, because I think this is one you got to dog out a little bit, but you've got to play some rugby as well, if that makes sense. Quinny, I'd say he's a lucky enough man, Zebo, surely. Yeah, I, I would I, I would think so. I would think so. But I asked this question yesterday and I, I tried to, you know, delve a little bit deeper into it. But seemingly there is some different angles that show... I did the commentary in the game, so I, 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 I did the game. I was there and I thought that... You know, our initial reaction was it's shoulder to face. But for some reason, there's cameras, angles that show that supposedly show that his shoulder actually didn't hit his face, that it was Johnny, uh, Jack Crowley's left shoulder that, that made the contact, which, you know, we haven't seen them. So I, I'm only saying what I've, I've heard. Um, and that's what obviously um, that's what they presented to the disciplinary panel. And they agreed with them and they rescinded the red card. Interesting stuff. Matt, moving on to Ulster. <laughs> How did they not win at Thoman Park? 14 men <laughs> they were playing against. Couldn't get it done, but they take on Northampton on Sunday. What do you what do you make of it? John Cooney's out, Stuart McCluskey's out. Do you think they can go over to Northampton and win? It's a tricky one, Stu. Um, I, I think Ulster will be kicking themselves for not picking up that win uh, down there. Uh, I, I will mention while Quinny's here, when I was coaching Ulster, we won there for the first time in 100 years. So I think you could say Ulster haven't got a great track record at some point. <laughs> so, I think they won again in 2014. Rory, Rory Best reminded me of that a couple of months ago. But um, I, I, I think with Ulster uh, that... that they have a great opportunity here because Northampton was so poor uh, when when they played Racing at um, Franklin Gardens, at, at Northampton's home ground. I watched that game um, in utter disbelief that Northampton could be so inept 
at their home ground, knowing what a great club they were and how how that that joint was a fortress going going to Franklin Gardens. Um, they were they were exceptionally poor. Now, it, everyone can have a bad game, but if Ulster can turn up with anything like the ferocity and intensity that they did against Claremont, they, they've got a very, very good show of winning there. And, and that would put them in great stead. Even if it's not a bonus point, just a win there will put them in, in really strong position. And I, um, if I, I'm not a big gambling man, I don't gamble, but if I was going to put a, a, a sneaky quid on, I'd have it on Ulster away. And I, I think they're, they're a very good bet there. Yeah, Alan, I know Ulster frustrates you, even as a monster man. Um, but obviously that win at Claremont, then beating Northampton at home, it is a big chance if they can go and get a win, isn't it, on Sunday? It is, yeah. And and when when the reason they frustrate me, Stuart, is because I, I think they're inconsistent. And at times they can play wonderful rugby. And they showed us what they're capable of in Claremont. I think McCluskey and Hume have been really outstanding this year together both of those guys um and i think if they get their heads right here and dust themselves down after what happened in thorman park they're missing a number of players i think um monster were missing a few players as well but the one thing that that enabled monster to get back into that game and gave them a glimmer of hope of winning it, it was no control i think they kicked away the ball sloppily um turned it over a little bit tried to contain monster and and they stopped playing a little bit. And I thought, you know, what? when they went behind the Claremont, the reaction was attack, play, put it through the hands, offload, pace, tempo, all that kind of stuff. And I think that's the way they need to play and try and be a bit more consistent. Of course, there's days where you need to be a bit pragmatic and kick to the corners. And But I think they tried to protect a very... a lead at the weekend against Munster, which was... It backfired on Um you know, Nathan Doak goes for a long, long range penalty just inside the half over near the touchline. I thought at the time, just put that down in the corner, get them all going again, just eke up a little bit more time or even potentially get in for a try in the corner. The mall was very effective from, but um, Northampton have been pretty dreadful. I think they, you know, Rassing dismantled them in, in round one and um I think Ulster were pretty pretty dominant in that that round two game. I know they let him back into the game a little bit, um, but they're well capable of going there. I think, and it's about that mentality. And I like I like the way they play. Um, it just needs to be more consistent. And um, this is a must win game because I really think if they win this and they're heading into Clermont a week after, you know, four from four would be absolutely brilliant. It gives them a great chance of really progressing in this. I know the round 16 games will be difficult for everybody, particularly when you've home and away, but um, it puts them in a great position if they can get a win over Northampton. And I think they will. Matt, it's a million dollar question, but how do they sort out the consistency, especially as a former coach? Like, what, what, It must drive you up the walls. You're asking the wrong man there. <laughs> I didn't. I didn't crack that egg. Um, it, it, it's and Alan's, you know, spot on. It's when they attack and play their natural game that they play well. Um, and not surprisingly, if we think about it, you go back on the um, 
the really powerful games they've played over the last few years, you know, and and we think, you know, a few years ago, Leicester, they beat Leicester. Now, Leicester weren't the Leicester of this year down the ladder. Leicester over there. And all their wins, when they come down and play Leinster, they, they, they attack. They go, they go at it. And a lot of that is about the control of their nine and ten and their decision-making. And when, when you've got a pack that's going forward, and, and you've got a nine and ten that want to know when to run and when to pass and control the, the game and keep it going and keep the, the belief of the troops going forward and how you're going to go forward, the team goes well. But they just have not been consistent with that, um, you know, for a long, long time. Going back uh, going back ten years to when I was there. And, and Mark McCall was there before me and um, certainly, you know, Small McCall didn't get him doing it either. So again, a bit of it's culturally um, a cultural habit, and they've got to find a way to get out of it. And, and the Heineken Cup is a great way of doing that. And what Alan said is right. If if they they start putting these wins back to back, and then see what they work out why they're doing it, and it's when they attack and play their natural game that they they are a good side, a quality side. But the, you can't, you're never going to win Europe being inconsistent because, as Leinster showed last year, you, you come out and play brilliantly at Sandy Park, you've got to back it up. It means nothing. And it gets you to the next game. And if you don't play brilliantly when you're at La Rochelle, you're out of a competition. So consistency, especially in, in a shortened one, is absolutely paramount. Yeah, we will see if they can get that win on Sunday. Um, the last province we'll look at, uh, Connors. Obviously, take on Leicester. Leicester will be hurting from their first defeat of the season last Sunday to Wasps. A good time to play Leicester or not? Uh, you would think not um, because I think they will react uh, from that loss last week against against Wasps. And I think Wasps really unsettled them, um, particularly around the breakdown and stopped any sort of momentum that they seem to be really enjoying in, in, in their run this year. Um, they're back out muscling teams again, like the Leicester of old. You know that tradition will always be there with them. You know they were very successful in Europe. Always has a, a pack of internationals, and I know Steve Bartok is trying to get back a little bit of that edge. That's that's you know, um, and make Welford Road a bit of a fortress. And he's kind of done that, and they've they've taken very positive steps. But um, obviously, kind of getting the losing bonus point was was really important and. Um, could be crucial to them in the end, and they probably learn a lot from that game. The problem Connacht have here is um, what we saw in Welford Road, which was that scrum dominance and and maybe that maul and just that physicality. Can Connacht cope with that? Um, I think they can, um, but they've got to really have an edge and be ready for that. For, for that, emotionally, be right this week because just just because you're playing at home against this Leicester side doesn't doesn't guarantee you to win. Um, I think Connacht Con- will be really confident and um, they're a confident side and they seem to um, really believe in themselves and, and create opportunities. So I think they will create opportunities and they probably will score tries. I think that the challenge for them is is stopping Leinster and really or Leicester and really frustrating them and, and getting their set piece right. Matt, uh, your take on that? Do you think Andy Friend will have a game plan to beat Leicester this weekend? Uh, 
I do. I, I know Andy well and I've got a lot of respect for him and I think he's done a, an excellent job um, with their attack. I, I would sit very firmly with Alan and say my concern would be the set piece but also their defence. Um, it's They're just letting in far, far too many points in some games. Um, when they played Leinster, uh, at the RDS, when you look at the stats, they, I think they'd scored one less try than uh, Leinster, uh, but they they conceded almost a hundred points more than Leinster. It, and that's obviously in, in the in the domestic competition, not in not in the Heineken Cup. But when you're playing a, a great side, and this Leicester, this Leicester side, you know they're right at the top of the English Premiership. But as we said, they've only lost one game all year, so they're a very very good team. Your foundation is your D. If your D isn't solid and, and rock solid, the rest of your game struggles because you're going backwards all day. So that's going to be their great challenge. Having said that, Connor are a different team at home. They, they're really almost like no other team in Europe. When they're at home, they're a handful for anyone. They're a handful for the best in Europe at the sports ground. So you're certainly, you're certainly not going to write Connor off and they may very well pull off one of their great wins. But if they do, it'll be because they've uh, limited the scoring opportunities that Leicester have. And that's something that they have not done with consistency. There's that word again, this so far this year. Yeah, Connor really do need to win if they want to try and make the knockouts for the first time. Quinny, just uh, finally, or I'll take a point of each of you, each of you, Six Nations under a month to come, under a month to start, I should say. Is there anyone you're really looking forward to see over the next couple of weeks to see if they can force their hand of any of the countries, Quinny, to maybe get a start in that first week? I think if James Hume, um, if he puts in some big performances, um at the weekend and next week, I think he's he's kind of elevated himself up to a different level. Um, and I know he's highly thought of in the Irish setup now. He's really impressed in November, been in with the squad. And um, so I think he's a guy that I think he can get better. Um, he's a lovely balanced runner. He's become a bit more physical and he's lovely footwork. So I think he's a real shot at the Six Nations. Um, I know it's a very competitive area. For Ireland, and there's there's a fair bit of depth there, but I think James Hume is someone uh, to keep an eye out, and I think he could feature at some stage. And yourself, Matt? Anyone from France or anyone from England? Oh man, I I, I certainly think Ramos from Toulouse is someone that I thought may have uh, at least made the bench for the national side or started at fullback. Um, He's settled into 15 in a lot more positive way. Uh, Toulouse has been very disrupted at the moment. I haven't seen their last few games, but um, he's a very, very interesting player. Uh, he, he, I think he hasn't made the side because of his personality. Uh, I think he, he's, he's very self-confident and, and believes he is the best, which, of course, you're wanting a player, but Fabian Galtier likes humble people. And I, I've noticed a change in his body language, how he carries himself on the field. Still got that confidence, but has not done that. I, I'd, I'd be interested to see where he ends up uh, during the Six Nations. If he doesn't at least make the bench, he might make a start. And I, I think his his uh, combination with Entomac and Dupont 
is uh, their understanding is wonderful. It's just it's just like they're three brothers that have played together there since they were little kids, you know, and it, it does make for great rugby. So I'd, I'd be interested to see where he goes. Well, lads, even with the Wi-Fi issues, it's been an absolute pleasure and it's going to be a fascinating weekend of rugby. Thanks, guys. Cheers, Stuart. Thanks, Stuart. deserves the best and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market.